0: And I'm showing you another paper. Mr. Farina. Got it. Here, What go,
1: do you go, want? Go! Me? Go! Go! You don't do it!
2: You what? just. T- what is happening right now? What's up, skeptics? Welcome to another episode of Reason to Doubt, your source for all things skeptical. I'm Jordan, and I am solo today, so I thought I'd do something different and do a debate review. Now, recently. Dave Farina and James Tor had their long-awaited debate on the origin of life, also known as abiogenesis. If you don't know who either of those people are, not really important. Their links are in the description. Basically, Dave Farina is a huge science communicator, got a big channel, and James Torr is a chemist and also a totally not a creationist Christian apologist. So it turns out that this debate was the dumpster fire to end all dumpster fires, yet Dave has been doing victory laps around Twitter, saying that he did an amazing job, and basically anybody who disagrees with that must be either a secret theist or a moron, or both, who knows? And the reviews of both sides, whether they're for James or for Dave, they seem really reluctant to criticize their guy, so... What follows is my commentary of the debate, watching it for the first time. It's heavily edited for the sake of time, but the link for the unedited video, that'll be in the description for the debate itself if you want to see the whole thing. Now I am a complete layman on the topic, I'm not a chemist or anything like that, so I'm going to be judging this debate purely in terms of the performance of the debaters, focusing on their rhetoric, on their strategy, and most importantly, on their ability to effectively communicate science to the audience, an audience of non-experts like myself. Dave should have a huge advantage here, right? Because science communicating is his entire job. That's like what he does for a living. So like, there's no way he's just going to completely forget how to do that, right?
0: Sometimes foreshadowing is relatively obvious.
2: With that in mind, the topic of this debate is, are we clueless about the origin of life? And so that means that all Dave has to do is show that we have a single clue about how life began. And then he'll have made his point. So the bar is basically on the floor. It should be trivial to step over it. Let's see him do it. So Thor is going to lead off the site. Thank you.
1: Before we get started, I want to do something. I've got a gift for Mr. Farina. Now, I was thinking, what what could I get such an amazing person? And I, I got you something that I am sure you do not have. This is: oh, no. This is something called laser-induced graphene. It was a process we developed <sighs> in 2013 where a laser can hit any.:
2: I thought that he was going to pull out a PhD. <laughs> that's a way to dunk on Dave. OK, I'm glad. I'm glad we didn't start that petty at least.:
1: <laughs> Surface, It's meaningless in the context
2: of my typical usage, we
1: cannot solve any of the five criteria needed to make a living cell. None of these can be solved. Mr. Frena has complained that I am a religious man. I'm not just religious, I'm deeply religious. Or as he puts it, I'm a, quote, super, super Jesus guy, unquote. (laughs) While that's a label that I gladly embrace, and I believe that the Bible is God's word, I never appeal to that book of authority in my academic lectures or scientific discussions. Never, unless specifically asked about my religious convictions, like in a church or a religious podcast, I never couple those to my scientific criticisms of origin of life research. I will not appeal to the Bible, to God, to miracles, to Jesus, the God of the gaps tonight.
2: That's good.
1: As for me, I will stick to the data. The topic tonight is not about me. It's whether there is a valid hypothesis to make a living cell on a mindless early earth. In discussing scientific data... Well,
2: hold on. That isn't the topic, though. Just to be clear, the topic is not do we have like a coherent hypothesis, that, which... And I presume that Tor, like... When you, so when you're setting up a debate, part of it is what's the topic we're going to be talking about? And that can sometimes like be a contentious issue because like that's supposed to be the framing for this whole thing. The topic is, are we clueless about the origin of life? The topic is not, do we have a functioning hypothesis? So a little bit of trickery going on there by Tor.
1: Nobody was present at life's origin, so we will never really know how life originated. But that's not what we're seeking to answer tonight. What we're seeking is an experimentally valid, verifiable hypothesis as to how life might have originated on an early Earth.
2: We- okay. Well, at least that part seems fair. It it could be true that we'll never know for sure how life began for us, uh, but conceding that what we're after is this is a plausible mechanism that could have led to life originating, that seems like a reasonable concession to make.
1: A study in the Journal of Pragmatics in 2021 considered the trend of hyperbole in scientific publications. The authors, Hyland and Jiang, wrote, quote, we trace the use of 400 hyping words which seek to promote, embellish, or exaggerate aspects of research papers. Our results show a massive increase in these items, and increases are most marked in the hard sciences, unquote. So while overblown statements are occurring in all fields, Origin of Life takes the cake my opponent's favorite expert professor lee cronin said in 2011 that he'd probably create life in his lab in two years he did not
2: none of this has anything to do with a debate topic like nothing so i all of all he's showing is okay people write more hype words in their their papers than they used to okay and people made claims that they create life in their lab before like none of that means that we're clueless i don't know if like he's forgotten what the debate topic is or these are the five criteria that have to be experimentally addressed in order
1: in a prebiotically relevant manner in order to have a valid hypothesis for life's origin if my opponent is unable to supply all five criteria for life then we're currently clueless on the origin of life but since
2: i don't think you well that is a that is a crazy definition of the word clueless and I'm surprised that they didn't hash that out prior to the debate. Maybe they did, and Tor is just forgetting or ignoring that. But if they didn't, then that is a mark against both debaters because when you're going to have something like that, like we are are we clueless about the origin of life? Origin of life, probably pretty easy to specify abiogenesis, okay. but if you're going to say are we x about y? what X means should be agreed upon. So you don't waste time during the debate going back and forth, though, like, yeah. So what Tor seems to be saying is that unless we have an explanation that works, we're clueless, which is just ridiculous. You can have clues. You can have ideas without, without having a fully functional hypothesis. So I, I think he's, I think he's a bit off the rails to start with. His
1: often cited origin of life expert, Professor Donna Blackman, now acknowledges that there are no known prebiotically relevant autocatalytic reactions that greatly enhance chirality of a substrate. The increases are minor. <clears throat> so no need to waste our time tonight. On
2: They are giving this debate in a university. So maybe he's assuming that the intended audience is the audience that's right in front of him and they are all students in chemistry or, or whatever, that that's entirely possible. Uh, so maybe that's the kind of audience he's intending. But they they know that this debate's going to be like published broadly, and so presumably they care more. They care about convincing more than just the people literally standing in front of them. And if you're going to throw out a bunch of jargon, then it is it is a good idea to it is a good idea to make fewer points and make them better if you're going to actually convince people. Unless you're going to go the Gish Gallup route, which is kind of dishonest. Maybe that's his goal. But if you're going to throw out a bunch of technical jargon. It's a good idea to explain at least minimally what those things mean because people take points that they understand as stronger and more convincing, even if those points don't actually make sense. So if they can understand the point you're making, or at least they can can believe that they understand, even if they don't have a real understanding, but if they can feel like they understand it, then they're probably more likely to be convinced of it. At least that's what I think.
1: My opponent's favorite origin of life expert, Professor Lee Cronin, now writes and says on multiple occasions that, quote, origin of life research is a scam.
2: Lee Cronin, on a Twitter post, October 28th, 2021, repeated verbally on Lex Friedman's podcast. That's where you should definitely go to get all your science. Lex, I mean, that's where I go to get all the science I should know. Uh, so I guess this guy, Lee Cronin, thinks that it's a scam. Okay. Cool.
1: I'm looking forward to seeing the data with chemical specificity to propose a valid hypothesis to the five criteria needed to build a living cell, thereby overcoming our cluelessness on origin of life. Thank you.
2: this That's just a complete... Again, he's showing his hand about the ridiculousness of using that as the, the word clueless. Like, you have to meet these five criteria and give me a valid to over a valid hypothesis that works and like can explain everything so that we're not clueless that that's just silly. But if that wasn't hashed out beforehand, then that's that's a flaw in the debaters. The, like that's part of what they should have taken care of beforehand. Okay, so coming out of tours opening, not a lot of data. He posted some people who say that things are bad. I guess uh, threw out some jargon that I no longer remember because I didn't understand it. And so yeah, uh, overall, nah. Yeah, like see. Not a not a strong opening. Not a particularly strong opening. All right, time for Dave's opening.
0: Uh, We are here because of James Tour. James is a chemist and also an apologist who lies about origin of life research on the internet. Coming out swinging. Quite the double life. In order to understand why he does this, we turn to his faith. James has admitted publicly that he is a creationist. He believes that God created life due to religious scripture, which to him takes priority over scientific evidence. From his website. Faith and belief go beyond scientific evidence for this scientist.
2: So just a technical like point, there's a lot of words on this slide, and it's very hard to see what they all mean. I guess he's trying to show the context, but as a viewer, like I can't absorb all of this before. It's not a good slide design. The quote, if you actually read it, which the audience would not be able to read it, would not be able to stop time to read it. So I guess I'm leaving that behind. So Tor says that God created the heavens and the earth, including a man named Adam and a woman named Eve. Okay, so it is valid to point out that Tor is, in fact, a creationist. I think that's a creationist by any kind of definition. In addition to my chemically-based scientific resistance to a macroevolutionary proposal, I am also theologically reticent to embrace it. Okay, well, good to know. So... Unsurprisingly, James Tour has theological reasons for not wanting to accept abiogenesis. Just
0: anyone who thinks this is not relevant to this to the discussion is delusional. As James is openly admitting that there's no science that could ever be done that will convince him that life was not directly created by God. He is
2: well. It's relevant to the extent that James Tour has bias, but. Is it relevant is it really relevant to the discussion? I'm not sure how relevant it is. So cause the topic is, are we clueless about the origin of life? The topic is not, is James Tor a reasonable person? The topic is not, is James Tor a liar? Or is James Tor, I don't know, a good scientist. None of that is in the debate topic. Maybe that's what Dave's here to discuss. Maybe, actually, it's right now, it sounds like neither of them are here to discuss the actual debate topic. And so, I don't know. That doesn't bode well, but okay. Of course,
0: James pretends his rhetoric is scientific. He will bring up his H-index and list of publications. Uh, More important is the fact that none of his research has anything to do with origin of life whatsoever and does not qualify him in this topic. When it comes to this topic, James is a YouTuber. His embarrassing commentary takes place exclusively on YouTube, or in-person events for science illiterate Christians who share his biases and delusions?
2: Okay, so it's, fa- well, this is a strategy to prevent, to kind of head off Tor from throwing around his uh, his qualifications, which he does have a PhD, Dave does not. So this might be an attempt to undercut that kind of argument from authority. I think I would phrase it differently. I would probably say, I am not an expert in this topic. I'm a YouTuber and science communicator. And so is James when it comes to this topic. So we're on the same level. So that's why I'm going referring, to be referring to the research. And that's where James should refer to. That's probably how I would say it. It comes off a little bit less like, you know, petty qualification sniping and more like set expectation setting.
0: James knows that science is done through the primary scientific literature, and he knows that his inability to publish anything on this topic makes him completely irrelevant. That's why he regularly lies and pretends that he is published in this area. And-
2: I've written five papers on Origin of Life. That's five more papers than most people have ever written on the topic. Well, I mean, sure, if you write one paper, that's more than most people have ever. That's four papers than most people will write because most people don't write papers. That's kind of a silly, silly thing to brag about
0: and his papers are ignored because of conspiracy. Of course, when facing this topic, James somehow forgets what primary literature is supposed to look like. That's how he initially got into hot water, slandering Nobel laureate Jack Shostak. He called Jack a liar multiple times to the delight of his clueless cackling audience. In actuality, it wasn't primary literature at all, but a web article meant for laypeople, and there were no lies or inaccuracies, as James continues to claim to this day. (laughs)
2: So, again, we're roughly halfway through his opening and still haven't said a single word about the actual debate topic. Talk about the debate topic. The, the, The standard is so low. Please, please just clear the standard. Then talk about how terrible the other person is. His
0: profoundly unprofessional and defamatory behavior has only gotten worse as he now regularly attacks prominent researchers in this field or blatantly misquotes and misrepresents them.
2: And that's why we're here. to. Hu- so there, because he, he lists, so Dave lists the people that uh, James misquotes regularly. What I probably would have done, it, it, so it's clear that, James, that Dave expected James to quote mine these people. Assuming that's what James is actually doing, what I probably would have done is I probably would have had a couple of quotes in context or a couple of quotes from those people that I suspect, oh, James is going to say that they think we're clueless. Let me have a quote that says we're not clueless, you know, and that would at at least in the audience's mind muddy the waters as to whether or not I'm correct or James is correct.
0: Origin of life is idiotic. We aren't. Apologists like James train viewers to regurgitate the ridiculous lie that there's been no progress since the Miller-Urey experiment of the 1950s. In reality, we have multiple, val- multiple viable prebiotic synthetic pathways to all the relevant biomolecules and their polymers. And-
2: so again, this is a kind of a nitpick, but I am debating, I am reviewing performance. Dave has prepared a statement, totally normal. He's written it down, totally normal. He's reading off of it though which if he had practiced a little bit more, he probably could have gone and maintained eye contact. You know, it's kind of a public speaking thing, but I get it. Not everyone is super comfortable public speaking from an audience. It's not an easy thing to do for a lot of people. So uh, not too many points off, just you know, probably improvement for next time. So we will get to James
0: fumbling the science in a moment. But first, it is important to establish that James is a brazen liar and charlatan in ways that everyone can understand without knowing anything about science. Is it important to establish that? For example, part of Jim's script is to complain about the primordial soup model. He describes this as lightning striking some water and molecules form a slithering creature that crawls out. Uh, This is the dumbest straw man in history.
2: So again, if the debate topic was, is James Tor a liar? then this opening would be rock on like this opening would be killing it. That is not the debate topic. The debate topic is, are we clueless about the origin of life? So what, is, what are you doing? <laughs>
0: okay. Take, for example, this study by Stephen Benner, a researcher, James regularly slanders here. Benner was showing nucleotide polymerization over basaltic glass to form RNA. James notes that Benner washes the glass thoroughly with hydrogen peroxide and ultra pure water and then throws his hands in the air about how this makes the study not prebiotically relevant because he is washing away trace magnesium that would impede nucleotide polymerization on the early Earth. In his profound ignorance, James neglects to realize that basaltic rock is specifically rich in magnesium, information that anyone who had taken Geology 101 would know.
2: Furthermore, you wonder where or where
0: could one find hydrogen peroxide in ultra-pure water on the early Earth, as though its use makes the study not prebiotically relevant. In reality, these are used to destroy biological material like bacteria that would contaminate the results. So, in fact, the washes are done specifically to make the experiment prebiotically relevant. This example is crucial because James will focus much of his empty criticism on claiming that research is not sufficiently prebiotic. (laughs) But remember this example where James was so clueless that he does not even understand what the researchers are doing and why.
2: Dave, my brother in Christ, please show me something about the debate topic. I'm I'm dying here. <laughs> Give me anything. Like, okay. <laughs>
0: The idea that James can't do something that an undergrad could do is astounding, and whether his brain ceases to function when examining this research, or he is deliberately lying to a gullible audience with no clue what he's talking about, his credibility is reduced to zero with this example alone.
2: Okay, all right, so. I get undermining the credibility of your interlocutor as a, as a, as a tool, query whether that's an appropriate thing to do, but if you act, if you honestly believe the other person you're talking to is a complete fraud and a liar and you're worried they're just going to lie in this debate, um, it might be reasonable to show instances where he's lied in the past in order to kind of prime the audience. Some might say poison the well, but, you know, let's be charitable here. You don't need to spend six minutes doing that though. Like, you only have ten minutes, and we have yet to see a single clue About the origin of life, or at least there's yet to be a clue communicated clearly to the audience. This is a clue about the origin of life that we have, which is all Dave has to do in order to have addressed the point that this debate is supposed to be about.
0: (laughs) or unleashes a barrage of insults about how Dave doesn't know chemistry, even though most of his students use my Organic Chemistry tutorials to get through his unbearable course.
2: Okay, getting a jab in that apparently is uh, popular with the audience there. Cool, fair, that's fair blow. He baselessly
0: shouts hype when his own research is full of hype. He whines about being accused of believing in the God of the gaps when he objectively does. He publicly calls for the halting of an entire field of science he doesn't understand just to shelter his fragile, archaic faith. But today, finally, with no desk to hide behind, every tactic will be elucidated in real time, and he will be made accountable for his lies for everyone to see. I hope you'll enjoy it as much as I will.
2: Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me right now? That was your opening? What? is going. I need a beer. This is, this is, this is, I need, I need a drink. Let's do this. So again, the de- debate topic is not James Tor is a mean doo-doo face. Like, that is not the debate topic. The debate topic was, are we clueless about the origin of life, right? That was what we were supposed to be talking about. And James Tor to his credit, at least try to talk about it a little bit. He's kind of taking the negative case, so, okay, it's not on him to show it. Gamma, your tail is literally right in front of the... You can't have beer, Gamma. Like, okay. So all Dave, Dave had 10 minutes to make your case, right? And so when you're making your your debate, that is the only time you're going to have which is guaranteed to be uninterrupted. That is your time to make whatever points you need to make without having anyone giving a blowback, right? Without, Without the other person being able to jump in and rebut anything right live. Dave chose to dedicate all 10 minutes of that to my opponent is a terrible person that I really, really hate. Okay, I get that Dave doesn't like James very much. I get that James is, let, let's say James is a pathological liar in everything that they've said. Dave could have dedicated two minutes, four minutes, heck, half the time to substantiate that to put like half of that could have been done to say that okay james swore is a bad person you shouldn't believe anything he says because he's a mean awful liar who lies and then in the other five minutes all you would have to do is say hey here is a clue we have about the origin of life here is one of the bath pathways he kind of in passing mentioned that we have these pathways and he showed a few like uh screenshots or, or photos or whatever of like textbooks and that's it that's all he's done so me i mean maybe there was more in there that i just as a dumb idiot didn't understand but i mean you're supposed to be a science communicator dave communicate some science my guy but okay okay it's fine he didn't do it in his opening maybe he's planning on doing it later so let's go uh, we'll ask a question
1: one of the things that we have to make in order to have life are polypeptides
0: yep.
1: where we Pulling take amino the acids and these amino acids have to couple. When they couple, it will form a dipeptide.
2: So clearly, James knew he was going to do this. I probably would have had this be on a slide, like on the projector, rather than wasting time writing it on the board. But he's old, so this I do di- like. Peptide- I do like. Hold on, I like how Dave's uh, strate- strategically put picture of his opponent with apologist and liar or fraud up there just, just that's just there the whole time <laughs> it's pretty funny uh but yeah james could definitely just you know embrace technology james it's cool
1: this dipeptide is one of thousands and thousands and thousands that would have to form mr farina show me the prebiotic chemistry that would do this coupling be my guest
2: okay uh all right that's kind of a cheap trick i guess that's why he did the whole chalkboard thing come right on this board and show me the chemistry for this specific that's that's just silly oh does dave have it my
0: second prompt so i guess we'll circle back to
2: oh if dave has that If Dave has that in his pocket, that would be awesome.
0: So you're missing a mountain of research, uh, literally a mountain of research that demonstrates this. So uh, here's one, condensation of amino acids to form peptides in aqueous solution. Uh, Carbonyl sulfide mediated mediated prebiotic formation of peptides. Here's another one. Uh, That does
1: not do it. And the two you
0: showed do not do it. This is called asparagene, D-K. They do not do it with these. Okay, so what is the, Lehman's a fraud? Gadiri's a fraud? Are you ca- calling them oh, fraud? They
2: no, published no. a paper. What's in the paper, though? Like I, okay, so again, I'm an audience member, right? I'm trying to follow along with what's going on. I've been shown two titles with a, you know, bunch of jargon and stuff, which I'm sure are very relevant and very important. What do they mean? What's in the paper? What What do they show? Talk to me, Dave. Use more nouns. Use your words. So if you're saying they didn't do that, you're show me the example them.
0: in there. I studied this. I looked over every paper you, you put up. You have never studied anything in this area. Are you kidding me? All you do is go show me the papers, and then I show you papers.
2: Already, these are sounding like an old married couple. Like, like this is a fight they have all the time, and we're we are the uncomfortable like grandchildren who are like, uh, I wish Mama and Papa would stop fighting.
0: <laughs> that one exactly.
1: Yeah, sh- show me the one exactly that does this in a prebiotic fashion. Okay. I'm asking you to come up and show me the chemistry. See, people, I don't can need to write papers? on the board.
0: I brought actual papers.
2: Which is great. Like if he actually has a paper that does that thing and he can go into the paper and show like this is why and then explain to the audience like kind of breaking it down for a layman, that would be a slam dunk.
0: peptides. Okay, and it jumps to 80% yield with prebiotic oxidizing agents But like not, not with parisonic. this, because
1: what you happens is it. this would participate, this oh, would participate. Oh, you want to do the
0: side chain thing. The,
1: the, of course I'm speaking to the side chain. This is not
0: glycine.
1: Uh, That's not selected... prebiotically relevant. Yeah, that has not nothing to do with relevant. prebiotic. Okay, That's how about sulfur this one? Com- That sulfur compound was made separately in dichloromethane.
2: You... What are you talking about? Like, guys, there's an audience here. I'd just like to speak up for the other idiots in the audience. I have no idea what either of them are talking about right now. It doesn't matter what solvent they use. No
0: H O
1: B T was the the compound that S H compound that you just showed was made in a separate reaction.
2: James made an objection. I'm trying to parse it out. I think what he's saying is that. Okay, so what I think is happening here is Dave's like, "Hey, this paper does the thing," and James is like, "It's not." relevant for this reason uh and that uh, i don't know man <laughs> uh, but he did this he does not with all an amino
1: acid change. coupling he's got what are you zinc. talking
2: about
0: prebiotic catalytic peptide ligation by the way you you pretend that there are no papers that there are no papers that show any peptide formation in water i just showed you a ton you're shifting the by complaining about the I side chains. How am I shifting the
1: goalpost. Cannot but he did. counter. Didn't do it with the active side chains. He used an amino okay. nitro. There are no amino. No, no, acids. no,
2: James. You're talking about. Okay, so again, point of just like performance to James. Uh, I'm sure his objections are super relevant and insightful, or whatever. I guess, but like, okay, you can't do it with the side chains. Why? Why is that relevant? I'm sure he understands. I'm sure Dave understands. I'm sure all this audience understands. But the 100,000 people who've seen it, I'm willing to bet most of them don't know what's happening right now. And if either one of these people would just take their time, if, just as a debater, if they would say, just turn like ignore the other person for a minute and say, hey, audience, here is what he just said in layman's terms, and here is what that means and why it's wrong. You'd win so many more points with the audience. That, that would blow away anything the other person said. And then what James is going to do, here's here's how it would go. James barks out a bunch of of jargon and complains and is like getting loud and shrill. And then Dave says, here is what he just said. Here's what it means in layman's terms. And here's why it's wrong. And then James is going to fly off the handle and like, oh, no, it won't work because jargon, 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 jargon. And then Dave says, OK, here's what that meant. And here's why it's wrong. At that point, it doesn't even matter if Dave is right. The audience is gonna believe him because they're the, he's the one that's talking to the audience while the other person's just yelling. So that, that's, if you wanted to win the debate, that's what you'd be doing.
0: A completely different paper, peptide ligation by chemoselective amino nitrile coupling in water. That that's is an a amino nitrile. It's that amino is a nitrile. different paper. It's not
1: amino acid
0: coupling. Uh, you have peptides, you have, you have amino acids condensing. That's peptide formation. He's figuring out a different synthetic pathway that doesn't do coupling.
2: Again, break it down to layman's terms. You're not, when you're in a debate, you are not talking to the other person. You are literally talking to the other person, but they are not your audience. Dave Farina is never, ever, ever going to convince, convince James Tor of anything. James Tor is never going to convince Dave Farina of anything. That is not your audience. The person you are trying to convince is the person who is watching you either in the audience now or later on YouTube or whatever. Dave is a science communicator. He should be leveraging those skills to communicate science. Use this opportunity to communicate science to the audience. That's going to make him seem way more credible. It's going to make him seem way more believable. It's going to convince people.
0: Uh,
1: Hydrolyze the pH
2: 7. Right. Which amino
1: acid? Hydroxylated ones. Never carboxylated, never deaminated.
2: It's produced by the modial interaction of magnetoreluctance and capacitive reactance. Okay, now Dave's going to ask a question. I'm sure it's going to be super relevant. Okay. Uh,
0: so, uh, we'll continue looking at research in a moment, but first, I can't resist confronting James about some of these lies he's been telling. So. Uh, oh, my God.
2: Finger- That's what you spent your entire opening doing, Dave? Okay, so this actually makes the opening way worse because dave clearly prepared and intended to spend question time which he knew he was going to get and apparently this question time is also uninterrupted so he basically has extra opening time to say whatever he wants for two minutes later on he could have cut all of that james towards a liar nonsense from his opening most of it, at least, knowing he was going to get to it later, right? So he could have spent his opening talking about the debate topic, are we clueless about the origin of life, and talking about how we're not clueless. And then, and in fact, this would play much better because, hey, I'm a sober scientist, whatever, I'm a science communicator, hear me communicating about science, blah, 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 blah. That reads way better as an opening. And then we get to the question time, it's like, hey, while we're here, while I have you, there's some things you've said that seem less than truthful. And since I have you now here so you can clarify and defend yourself, here are things that seem like they're lies. Can you explain why they are not lies? And then hit them with this two minutes of this highlight reel of James Torr being a liar. Then you've, you have established the debate topic, first of all. You've done your job. But then you get to come off, first of all, uh, way more professional. And way more reasonable while still throwing shade at James Tor and accomplishing your apparent actual goal of making this the James Tour is a terrible, awful, no good, very bad person uh debate. So that strategically, I think, would have been a way better way to approach this.
1: Look, you were absolutely clueless on James. Poly- oh my God.
2: Oh Jesus Christ answer the question james i know it's a question you don't like but answer the question okay you can do this you can do this it's okay it's only oh god you've got another hour and a half (laughs)
1: Type of complex synthesis. He says most of the area Origin is not doing The boutique community unaware of this. He to said it in the email. Your you're not writings. showing the whole email. And I had no idea that this is wrong. there. He's showing the one. He me says
0: that I asked for the no, video, then, and he's talking about you. And then here you go. No, you, you don't know, want to show the one he where he said. The where he said I had no idea. I think he should apologize. You're not going to
1: address anything on life.
0: This was pretty. This was a pretty dumb line. We're moderators shouting at each
2: other so Uh maybe
1: take turns
2: i think an apology (laughs) (laughs) this poor moderator man like i'd hate to have his job right now poor guy (laughs) shout out to that guy
0: who cares you lied about this the, the structures
1: are. Fine. Oh, no, no. Eve, 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 that slide, you can speak to Jack Sostek. He said to me, Jim, that slide was not well done. That was a copy from another article in Scientific and yet American. The structures are no, correct. Jack agrees with me. That was poorly done. There's no stereochemistry sure, sure. on so that what? sugar.
2: Okay, again. James might be making a good point, but the way in which he's making it is extremely poor. The same could be said for Dave. They might be making good points, but instead of like making the point to the audience, the audience, the person you're supposed to be convincing, they're just screaming at each other. I just want these people to get a room and, you know, make out or something like whatever, whatever sexual tension is going on in this room.
1: Polynucleotides, you have to be able to make RNA.
2: Oh, here we go with a chalkboard again. It was good as a bit the first time, maybe. Like, he didn't use it very well, but, like, you had your bit. But time is a commodity, okay? So, like, he's wasting time right now. Look at all the time I'm talking. I don't even need to pause the video. Not a single word is being said. He's not making a point. What he should be doing is articulating while he's making a point. He's drawing. He should be elucidating his argument right now. This dead time is a complete wait. How I've been still talking. I am still talking. James should be talking right now. All this dead air. What is happening? If this is how his lectures are, I don't blame them for going to Professor Dave Explains, because this is boring as hell. James, talk to us. Talk to me, please. Say something. What
1: you have to be able to do is show me chemistry. I'm asking you <laughs> no, specifically for chemistry. Not a bunch of nonsense here. Show no, me I, I the chemistry. My not I not want the This <laughs> Reaction to go such that you get coupling between the three prime hydroxyl to this five prime site. So you need three prime, five prime Why coupling. Is this is relevant? To the exclusion of two prime, five prime coupling, to the exclusion of branching. Ben
2: why do I care about branching and scram I I'm sure they're important, like but why should I care? I don't know. I don't know why I should care. Explain it to me, please. Someone in this someone on stage, please communicate some science to me. I'm begging you, please. I want to learn something.
0: So we're talking about RNAs that still have catalytic behavior. Despite having a mixture of two five and three prime, his, three his five amount images. of two
1: five, does that three, mean? five is not thirty to seventy percent. If Jesus. you have what does that mean? Point one percent, you're okay because you'll no, have. Why? Bones, but Not thirty to seventy percent. Why? Show me the amount. The and, and Benner never told us how much
2: functional
0: is there. RNAs. So it doesn't matter how much two prime. Doesn't matter. How oh much it, oh know. it certainly He's does. Why does, why does it, it not matter?
2: Branching. Why does it not matter? my God,
0: it's not there it's not Let's there why does the ranching
2: matter done
1: this you're going to be looking through your a, a term, it's never been done guys Without an geez. enzyme it never you been are completely done. clueless it's this over has been done. it's over you can't make rna there's no life
2: you can't why are they clapping okay maybe they understand this i don't know uh, whatever it doesn't matter you're not going to win an audience this way Th- what this is going to do what this debate is going to do is oh Dave is using lots of big words. He must know what he's talking about. James is using lots of big words. He must know what he's talking about. And so you're just going to leave under believing whoever you already believed. And that's it. Like I, if you go in convinced that Dave is right, then you're going to leave convinced Dave is right. If you go in convinced James is right, you're going to leave convinced James is right. And if you go in trying to have an open mind, not convinced of either one, then you're going to be effing clueless. At the end of this because so far we are 46 minutes into here and not one scientific fact has been communicated to a way that the audience can understand not one that is pathetic that's awful particularly so james is a professor uh, i don't even want to let him off the hook because while he is like does teach or whatever he also like has made a career of himself trying to communicate on this to a late audience and probably very poorly and maybe not honestly so like okay but that's what we expect from him this is dave's entire job he is a professional science communicator he's not using his time to communicate science to the actual audience so far i'm 46 minutes in it seems to me that dave did not come here to debate, are we clueless about the origin of life? He didn't come here to educate the audience about the origin of life. He didn't come here for any of those. He came here to be able to yell at James Tor for two hours, which, I mean, cool, I guess, but not cool. I'd rather, can you can you explain some science and then yell at him? I don't know.
1: One out of every three is wrong. Here he gets 75 to 80% Two five. So I don't that, know why have, James is yelling at me. That's what you get on clay. It's right there, Montmorillonite
0: clay. And it doesn't matter. That...
2: Why? Why are you yelling, first of all, James? Like, chill, my guy. And also, like, explain to me. <laughs> like I'm, I'm repeating myself a lot. <laughs> Please, will someone explain to me what's happening? This is a terrible idea. Why did I? Why am I doing this to myself?
0: <sighs> You're but, and now tell me how much is this because I fear. don't know. I've
1: not read that paper. You read it. Tell me how much two five does he have?
0: I don't remember
2: All every right. single there detail we go. of the paper. You
1: don't remember because you don't.
2: Okay, so that's a point for James. Um, Dave brought up a thing. He challenged uh, James. Challenged him, and and Dave had to say, "I don't remember." Which okay, that's a that's an honest thing. But what, rather than just saying, I don't remember every detail, uh, and again, speaking strategically from a debate standpoint, the better way to address that is that isn't a relevant detail to the debate topic. Here's the relevant detail on why it matters. So you didn't memorize this not because you don't know the paper, but because it wasn't important.
1: On clay, you get 37 percent. This says 80 percent. You can't have one out of every three be a wrong linkage. You would never code for a peptide.
2: James is, okay, so I've been criticizing Dave a lot because I think we should all expect better from him and his performance, but I don't want anyone to come away with the idea that James is doing good here because James is just yelling. Neither debater is doing a good job here.
0: Because no it's a trace, because it doesn't work. Do you understand that RNAs has catalytic is not function? Right. Do you understand that no, RNAs even
1: have, if catalytic, you have function, the wrong catalytic, catalytic function? I said, show me the chemistry. He did not.
2: And everyone's <laughs> going to clap. I mean, Yay, God, he wrote through that.
1: this.
0: John, yeah, you can do this, you can't ah. make you a, can cell. a cell. You can't do this, you can't make a It's over, buddy. It's over, it's over. It's over. So just
1: from a chemical point of view, though, we would need to know what functional RNA meant.
2: Thank it? you, moderator. Thank thank you so much. Thank you. Please, please, someone explain to me one term, one term. Go, Dave. The moderator has just teed you up. He's like, hey, you said this functional. What is functional, bro? Here you go. Dave's about to knock it out of the park.
1: You know, is very careful. He papers. would tell us. Okay.
2: In- okay, so again, this was an opportunity for Dave to talk about how this thing relates to origin of life in a clear, concise and simple way for the audience to get it. Especially since he knows now at this point, he knows for a fact that there is a piece that James has caught him out, not knowing, which is totally reasonable. Like you can't memorize every single word in hundreds of papers. Like Dave is totally right here. like, that's a cheap shot, but it's a cheap shot that's going to land and it's going to play well. Right so i mean that's just reality so instead of like doubling down on james's petty but effective point you redirect you go to like you have a good point a point that actually matters to the debate presumably so he should be grabbing onto the science here and talking about like it did all the okay that was a lot of words here's what those words mean in practice dear listener but here's what people would remember dave was calmly talking about science in a way that i understood While James screamed the whole time, that is the impression that could have been delivered by by Dave.
1: What function is my question? Did he show that it it, 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 uh,
2: performed?
0: Uh, It's uh, replication. I'm not sure exactly in the context of the paper, but he's saying that two prime linkages don't matter. Uh,
2: This is this was something Dave brought to the table and so if you're going to bring the, the paper to the table you better know it I, you don't need to know every single number like James wants to say that's stupid but like you need to be able to answer questions like that that are relevant to the debate and the, that question shouldn't even come up because again we're focusing on the topic of the debate are we clueless about origin of life here is why the paper that I am bringing up to you bears on the debate that we're supposed to be having
0: as though you people have any fucking clue what any of us are talking about oh I know about RNA. No, you don't. You have no clue what either of us are,
2: are saying. Deal with it. Okay. So, actually, I have a bone to pick with that. Oh, you have no idea what either of us are saying. Well, whose effing fault is that, Dave and James, both of you? Whose fault is it that the audience doesn't understand what you're saying? It's not the audience's fault. If you are the person delivering this talk, then it is on you to ensure that the people you are delivering it to can understand. If your audience doesn't understand what you are saying, it is not the audience's fault. That is your failure as a person delivering this talk, as an interlocutor, as a person trying to win over the audience. If the audience cannot understand you, then they are not going to be convinced. So this is not the flex you think it is. Dave, that the audience doesn't understand. I get what you're saying is that the audience is full of idiots or clapping seals or whatever, but that is not the message you're delivering. The message you're delivering is I didn't do a good job uh, communicating science, but I'm going to blame you for it.
0: And you're all pretending to understand yes, right now,
2: lady. Yes, old Google? grandmother. Okay. Please save all yourself. Right, let's, run, let's, uh, run while you still let's can. Go to the next
0: round, Dave. You're next. It's- let's talk about biomolecules. Amino acids are ubiquitous and even form in space. And Strecker-like synthetic pathways have been known for decades. Here are some of the papers that we've been talking about. He keeps trying to talk about side chains because he hasn't admitted yet that this does happen. Peptide formation with uh, prebiotic chemical activators. There are countless studies uh, generating this.
2: You need to explain what the significance of those papers is to the audience and why they should care
0: running reactions under argon, which is done specifically to avoid contact with the oxygen that wasn't present on the earlier.
2: Is that supposed to have a second oxygen? H2O2? Is it supposed to be water? I don't know. Dave doesn't explain, so I guess it'll be a mystery forever.
0: In general, he ignores decades of research and just spews his script about how we don't know how to get these molecules. But we do. So let's continue talking about this.
2: Is there a question? I didn't hear a question i don't know i think we'll just continue with our regularly scheduled screaming match so i'm sure it'll be fine
1: he never used the ones that have the carboxylic acid the the, the uh aspartic acid that i told you he never used the lysine yeah this is the paper oh. that's why you, you couldn't get up you are because this did oh my god
2: better... oh my god what is happening explain any of these words either of you why why does it matter why does any of this matter nothing matters nothing matters. Life is a lie. And we're all just wasting time until we embrace the endless expanse of the void, which at this moment cannot come soon enough. You said yes. it was, a, no, you said, pe, acid, you said peptide formation in di- water peptide.
1: was exergonic. Is... In the very paper, when you were showing Lee Cronin's work, where he showed Delta G was positive, it was endogonic.
0: You said it's yeah. extra exergonic. No, I didn't say it was exergonic, you absolutely you why would you
2: say it's exergonic? What kind of idiot do you think he is saying it's exergonic? How da- how dare you, sir? How dare you insinuate that I said it was exergonic?
1: None of them bear a carboxylic acid side chain. None of them bear an amine sidechain. Don't you see how he
2: cherry and, and if it doesn't have a side chain, then? Like, why? Why would we even be talking about it? Right? There's no side chain. So, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, it's ridiculous. No sidechain.
1: So. I only remember this one. Do you have another question for me? Huh? You have another question for me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> You'll never be able to convince me that James is sober.
0: <laughs> right? You're just shifting the goalposts about lysine, and I'm showing you another paper. First Mr. Ferreira got it. Here! What go! Do you go! Want go! Me?
1: Go! Go! You don't do it!
0: You
2: what? just... Talk. What is happening right now? This is something else. Talk!
1: Talk! What, talk! Why Show would me I the try, chemistry! Why would I try to draw structures? I told you structures. I would speak to you as I would speak to any Jeez. graduate student. If-
2: oh, man, I hope he does not speak to his graduate students this way. <laughs> yeah, please, please do not. Your grad students are hardworking and underpaid. They don't deserve to be screamed at. Don't scream at them.
0: None of you have any capacity to read this literature, and you're just blindly believing okay. James. You have no let's, idea what he's talking about.
2: But Dave is asking us to blindly believe him. So, so Dave is giving a bunch of stuff, but not explaining the relevance of any of it? Yeah, not great science communicating. If
1: something's bigger than 10 to the 50th, you don't have enough time in the universe.
2: Here you- if something is 10 to the 50th, you don't have enough time in the universe to do what? I see that number cited a lot, but I never see anybody like explaining why. Uh, I'm sure James is about to go into an in-depth explanation as to exactly why that matters and uh, really just break down all his terms so his audience knows that. I'm in fact sure he is not going to do any of those things. But don't worry, Dave won't either.
1: You wouldn't have enough time in a billion, billion, billion universes.
2: Wow, that's a lot of universes. Is there
1: any chemistry that you can show me that's prebiotically a relevant? Show it the chalk. It would do this coupling. And don't you, you say, dare do it any oh, other way. I argue that only enzymes can do this. You don't have <sighs> enzymes because you couldn't make them Stop here. Yelling. You couldn't make them there. No enzymes. You're lost.
2: This could easily be him just like yelling at himself. Like it may as well be for all the value we're getting out of it.
1: Mr. Farina, show us the data. Show us the data. Why and are you, you yelling? Paper, I, you did, couldn't uh, find a... I
0: Enzyme that exists today, yes, and is the product of four billion years or however many billion years of evolution. Not sure when this exactly came about. Is it possible that another enzyme that doesn't have this exact sequence could perform this chemistry? Yeah, well, let, let's take
1: that's a, look a at critical that. point. There. I mean, or you could or, just no, no, answer let, let question. me tell you, that's a, look- a
2: critical point that dave shouldn't have waited an hour and five minutes to bring up uh, because creationists often, and intelligent design advocates or whatever, uh, they often want to point to the thing that does a thing today and say, look, the thing that exists today is super complicated. Therefore, it couldn't have evolved. right? Or like, in order to do this function, you need this super complicated thing. But they're saying, that's what you need today. But in, when we're talking about the origin of life or very early life, we don't need this super complicated thing necessarily to do, the thing, to do the function at all. So the super complicated thing does the function really well. But maybe you don't need to do it really well. Maybe you need to just do it okay or just barely in order to get by, in order to successfully reproduce sometimes, which that's all you need in order to have life evolve and then move on from there. And so you don't want to look at something that happens today and say, An anchor to that. You want to look at the function and then try to find a, a anything, the simplest thing that could possibly do that function, and then that's where you're anchoring to. And this is what Dave should be explaining right now.
1: That would give you ten to the one hundred and twenty different RNA molecules. Ten to the one hundred twenty. Remember, is that a good 10 big number 50, or a bad number? Ten to the ninety. Is the number of elemental particles in the universe okay
0: we're a little in the bit. universe
2: yeah i'm with dave those numbers don't mean anything or at least if they if they do mean something dr tor didn't explain what they mean or why they should mean anything it's just big number bad so well i say big number good tor what do you have to say to that big number good how about that
0: Is that me? All right.
2: Please, please don't use this two minutes to say that James is an idiot liar.
1: This is a paper by Cooks. What you do is you you take your material here, you take your material and you you put it in this. uh, What does it
0: have to do with the origin of life? I don't know. You have made a ten-hour course on You keep coming back you to say this. homochirality. we clueless about it. You just you said homochirality. Oh, there's the word. There's research. the word. Homochirality.
2: He said the the word. I don't know why why Tor is so offended by the word homochirality.
0: I've got one more prompt, and that's it. So Thank
2: Christ. Let's do that. Oh, I've
0: got plenty. Uh, I've got plenty.
2: I'm sure you do, yeah, bud.
0: I got what current science suggests is that RNA molecules with catalytic properties called ribozymes came about. And uh, some of these became self-replicating. And then systems of RNA and proteins enclosed in vesicles complexified over millions of years until a protocell was formed. Of the mountain of relevant literature, here are just a few that show how ribozymes form cooperative cycles and networks, engage in self-sustained replication, and have been demonstrated to evolve by natural selection.
2: Okay. I think Dave might have just provided... Like an unambiguous clue here, and he even talked about how it is relevant to the debate topic. Um, He said that this is actually the thing that's self-replicating. Probably should spend a few seconds driving home why that matters. Like Dave could have driven that home, but I think, I think we might have actually gotten a clue. Maybe Dave managed to clear the bar,
0: and why? Because self-replicating molecules that evolve by natural selection, that sounds just a little too relevant to the origin of life now, doesn't it?
2: Okay, yeah, that was a B minus point, which by the standard of this debate is like blowing it away. Like he is at the top of the class at this point. Okay.
0: But back to what I was talking about, do you agree that this research shows replicators that evolve by natural selection? us no do you no, no. oh okay so so joe no. joyce is a fraud
2: every time dave says this is what this paper says do you agree he says no oh so you're saying this person is a fraud it it just kind of comes off as whining rather than saying then nailing him to the wall on w- explain why this specific thing which would give you more traction you'd have more play if he had invested the time of explaining to the audience in simple terms that they could understand why this mattered and why it is important and why it works. Once you've built that foundation with the audience, and then you say, hey, this simple thing that the audience understands, so now they're on my side, uh, this works. Why is that wrong? James, you can trust James to just go off on a bunch of freaking nonsense and yell and scream and wave chalk and fling feces or whatever. So he's not going to effectively address that point. And so, again, What people will remember is that in this hypothetical, mystical universe where Dave did a good job, uh, in this hypothetical universe, they will remember that Dave gave a point that they understood, a model that appeared clear, like whatever, that he broke down this research and I understood it. And James couldn't say anything or didn't respond or responded with a bunch of nonsense.
0: Don't look at this research. Don't look at really self-replicating molecules. I guess if I write clueless a bunch of times, I won the debate, right? Should I write "not clueless"?
2: That's fine. We should have done that forever. And There it is, folks. The entire debate boiled down. You could just look at this one image, and you—if all you looked at was this piece—then you got the full experience. You have walked away with all of the knowledge and all of the understanding that someone who watched every second of this has walked away with. So this is all you need. This right here. We did it. We made it all the way through. I honestly don't see how anyone could watch what we just watched and come away with the idea that anybody did a good job. In that debate, there were no winners. And The Biggest Loser... Was the audience? Tor screamed and brandished chalk. Dave chose to spend his, almost his entire two hours talking exclusively about how James Tor is a bad person, and neither one effectively communicated anything to the audience. That said, I am interested to hear your thoughts, so please comment down below what you thought of the debate. And also let me know if this is something you'd be interested in seeing more of in the future. Uh, Editing was a lot of work for this one, so I want to make sure it's something that people, you know, want to see before I commit to doing more of it. Uh, Please do hit like and click subscribe. It's a small thing, but it really does help out the channel. Anyway, until next time, remember, you've always got reason to doubt. Peace out.